Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to a suave experience with your boy. There is D, the prettiest podcaster of all time. Hope you guys are doing well and hopefully all is well with you. If you would like to support the show, all you have to do is subscribe to whatever podcast platform you so very choose to use. And also make sure to share with your family and friends. On whatever social media platform that you use the most. It doesn't matter. I'm on pretty much all of them. So, yeah. Underscore DV the Suave Kid 15 for the show IG account. But everything else on social media is underscore DV the Suave Kid. And without further ado, we're going to get right into the show. And I didn't even get to say, but... If you're new here, first of all, welcome. And if you're returning this in here, thank you for stopping by once more. So we're continuing on with the Things God Hates series. This is episode number four of our part four. So I'll just read it over in your hearing. This is taken from Proverbs 6, starting with 16. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. One, a proud look. Two, a lying tongue. Three, an hand that shed innocent blood. Four, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Five, feet that be swift into running into mischiefs. Six, a false witness that speaks lies. And seven, he that soweth discord among the brethren. All right, so we're talking about number four today, basically a person that devises wicked imaginations. So that is basically what we're going to be talking about today. So let me just adjust the mic. Okay, so... What we have here is we're going to talk about what imagination means. Basically, it's, I want to say it's, well, the way the Bible would depict it is basically a thought, but we'll get the definition, which is basically a noun, the faculty of, or the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images of core concepts of external objects not present to the senses. The another one would be the ability to the ability of the mind to create to be creative and resourceful. So that's our definition. If you'd notice that the first one, it kind of states that um it's images in our mind and concepts of external objects. So basically anything that was outside. So we drum up or basically think of these scenarios or images or concepts from the external world in our minds or things that we don't necessarily see out there per se, or they're basically, because um Descartes talked about in the idea of knowledge, how we are not able to create technically an original thought per se, because what we 
for example, if you imagine an, a unicorn, they don't necessarily exist, but all a unicorn is is a mystical creature. Whether you learn about it from somebody else or whether it be of your own volition, it's a combination of different things that already exist out there externally. So that's basically what it is. You have an image in your mind about something external or something that you want to make external. So when it comes to this is what the Bible is trying to say is he doesn't, God hates it when somebody has wicked imaginations. Now that can be a various slew of topics. It could be a sexual thing. It could be a murderous thing. It could be a, it could be what we would call minuscule, like imagining lying or causing trouble to somebody or causing bodily harm to somebody. So when it comes to that aspect of it, what we have to understand is that the scripture is very clear when it's talking about wickedness. So throughout scripture, we all know different forms of wickedness in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. The Bible states clear is what God defines as wickedness. And everything that is the antithesis of that would be righteousness. So what God doesn't like is the imagination aspect because what is in the mind, as the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you continue to meditate, and I'm going to go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4 and 8. This one hit home for me because I know that this is very true. And this is what it says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. If there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things. So thinking the... Synonym for that would technically be meditate, to dwell on these things. And that's what God does not want you to do as far as, and I'm talking about the opposite. So the things that I told that Paul wrote to the Philippians is that you have to think on things that are good, things that are true, things that are just, things that are of good report. Those are the things that God wants you to think about. If you're constantly thinking about doing wickedness or having imaginations of wickedness, and sometimes we don't really even know that we are, but for the most part, sometimes we are doing it more often than not. Sometimes we do think about wicked things, and sometimes we don't even think that what is... Sometimes that when we think about certain things, and sometimes... When we do think about certain things, we personally don't think it is wicked. Whereas if you compare it to what the Bible says, it is a wicked thing. And God does write his moral law upon the hearts of men. That's where you have a conscience. And sometimes we ignore our conscience because we want to do what we want to do. And we have to be careful with these wicked imaginations because once you have the thought in your mind, you're going to continue 
to feed on it. And eventually you're going to do what you were thinking about. That's why we have in the court of law, first degree murder. Why? Because it's premeditated. You thought about doing it before the action came and took place. And that's what we have to understand with our own lives is because we need to fully focus and realize is that that our minds are very powerful. It's basically a computer. And your mind's not going to do anything or your body's not going to do anything that your mind does not tell it to do. And if it is, then that's when you have different ailments and problems. For example, whether the person may have Alzheimer's is when their, uh, I think it's hypothalamus is getting eaten by different plaques and eating the protein of that part of your brain, which is responsible. I think it's either hypothalamus or hippocampus, which is responsible for your memory. So your body is subject to your mind. And that's why a lot of people say that the devil's after your mind, because if you can control your mind, then you control your body and what it does. So your mind, and one of the things that God said in Deuteronomy is you have to serve him with your mind, your heart, and your strength. Notice that mind was named amongst those things because you need to make a clear conscious decision. That's also part of the reasons why God doesn't like drunkenness or being high because if you are not if you are sober you're making conscious decisions you're aware of it so when you do become saved and accept christ in your life then and only then you would have to be sober doing it because then you made the conscious decisions to choose him over the world so when it comes to imaginations and thought that takes place in your mind and at a certain point you have to make the choice you have to make the decision on whether you're going to cop out whether you're going to forget about it whether you're going to actualize it But that's why God says in Philippians 4 and 8 that we have to think on the things that he would like us to think about because those things are true and these things are just, those things are pure. Whether we believe so or not, I think if you're a believer, you're going to believe so. But if you even think about how your mind works, if you think about food all the time, eventually you're going to get hungry and then want to eat it. For example, if you think about food, when you're hungry, usually you do. Uh, your brain, your stomach sends signals to your brain, and then your brain says, okay, I'm hungry. And then your brain tells your stomach, okay, we're hungry now, and I need more energy. So guess what I'm going to have to do is food to get some food to replenish myself. But if you're thinking about McDonald's to replenish your food, replenish your body all the time, for example, if you're hungry and then you just constantly think of McDonald's or Burger King or a certain spot, eventually you're going to take the actions, whether to be get in the car or take the bus or get Uber Eats, because that's what your boy Didi does is the Uber Eats thing. Um, you're going to want to 
get that substance, that craving that you want, and satisfy it. So the more you think about something, the more likely you are to do it. And if you ask anybody who's made a decision, you use your mind for the most part, but you meditated on it, you thought about it. For example, those who are in school, you are at, I don't know, the University of Western or the University of Quebec. And if people listening to the States don't know who what those schools are, those schools in Canada, but I'll make one for you. For example, Florida State University or Harvard. If you think about going to Harvard your whole life, your whole uh, existence on this planet, you're going to try to make the steps to get to that school because your mind is set on those things and you think about those things continually and then you become those things. That's why... Aristotle also said that you are what you repeatedly do. And I'll take it a further. You are what you repeatedly think of. So that's why the Bible does say Christ himself said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So there's so many things that comes into play when it comes to wicked imaginations, wicked schemes. And that could be a lot of people think it has to be grandiose like murder or rape we think about the craziest things to the extent of the law that we have but it could also be a wicked imagination of wishing bad intent for somebody that you don't like your enemies even though christ told you to pray for your enemies it could be as minuscule as you want to take away or you want to steal something because you're jealous of that somebody has something that you don't or envious of some somebody that has something that you wish you had it could be as simple as having an uh, imagination of getting revenge on somebody who did you wrong or you thought did you wrong so that would be a wicked imagination it's just the thought because the thought leads to the action that's why you have to control your thoughts That is important, and the scripture just came to mind, and I'm just going to search it up right quick. So, yeah, this is Second Corinthians 10 and 4, and this is the NIV. I don't actually know. I'm going to eat from the read from the. Eastern Standard Version. I like that one a lot better. Okay, let's see. This is it. So, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Basically means, are not of the flesh, but divine. But have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises against the knowledge of God and take every thought going back to the mind, captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So if you think about these things, we have to take these thoughts and make them obey the will of Christ, which is in us. So that's why the whole idea of imagination is 
a serious thing. And a lot of the imagination could come from other sources. It could be coming from a lot of the things that we watch, the music that we listen to, imagery, or conversations that we have. And that can affect our sleep and our dream life as well. And there's a whole system about dreams. I only know a little bit about dreams. I don't know a lot. Um, I knew more than the average teenager when I was a teenager, but there's so much more about dreams that I need to learn. And hopefully, God willing, I'll be able to further understand it and further explain it. But I'm not going to do that because I don't want to confuse anybody listening to this. But if you think and you drew anything away from this quick message is that control your thoughts the best that you can. Counteract them with negative thoughts. Counteract the negative, sorry, not counteract them with negative thoughts. This is, okay, this is what I meant. Counteract the negative thoughts with positive thoughts, with scripture. Um, Meditate on the scriptures and bring them to the obedience of Christ because those things exalt themselves above, try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. So we have to be careful with our imaginations and not have wicked ones, but have good and pure imaginations that are willing and pleasable to God. Because if you keep on thinking about certain things that are wicked and negative, and I know some people, when they hear wickedness, they think of the worst thing as what we would deem the worst, but they don't look at the things that we would say is minuscule. They're still just as bad in God's eyes because they can just lead on to further things. It's more or less of a snowball effect in God's eyes because it's just as nasty. It's like, for example, if someone drops a hair in your food, even though it's a small hair, it's repulsive to you. Just as much as it's repulsive if someone drops your food on the floor and tries to serve it to you. One seems worse, dropping up the food on the floor, but even though that the small hair is in your food, it's still just as repulsing and revolting, repulsive and revolting to you. And you wouldn't eat either meal. You would ask for a new one that's clean. So it's the same thing for God. So make sure you guys share this episode if you like it. And I'll be next back next week with episode number five and also make sure you subscribe to keep up to date leave a five-star review on itunes this is your boy there's d y'all stay suave and just chill just chill till the next episode because your boy dd is out of here see ya